What's up, everybody? The Dynamic Viking intro to the show that is Tournament Fishing Basics with me, Lance McCorder. And you're going to have to forgive me a little bit because I just got back from Napa Valley. And I have been cooking all weekend. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures. I posted them up, I think, on the fishing page, on the chef page, on the restaurant page. They're all out there of animals up on posts cooking over open fire, like just caveman style. And it was epic. But I got to sit there and breathe in all that Napa Valley dust. And if you've ever been there, you'll, you'll remember that California is a desert after you've been there. It's brown and it's hot and it's dusty. And of course, we filled the entire valley with smoke and the smell of animal flesh, which was incredible. Um, I recommend it highly. The event's called Koshon, C-O-C-H-O-N. Uh, you can look them up all over and they do a couple Heritage Live Fire events. Uh during each season. So uh, I know they just did one up in like Aspen for the uh, uh, snow mat, like snow mass live fire. We just did the Napa Valley one uh, Bailey and I did, which was incredible, incredible experience to meet so many cool people. Um, and then I know they've got one coming up in Miami. So if you live around any of those areas, look up Koshan five, 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 just the numbers uh, com, and go get tickets to that. It is some incredible events that all surrounds and supports uh, the learning about, uh, the utilization of heritage breed animals, which is something uh, our guest Luke Prentice and I will talk about tonight uh, when we get into some nutrition and uh, and health benefits of foods that we eat. So, uh, um, yeah, so we're going to kick these things off with, uh, you know, first off, thanking everybody for being here that's already here. Uh, if you don't mind, click that share button really quick. If you watch this on YouTube, click subscribe, you know, all that good crap. Um, so little rants we're gonna start doing little lance rants because lance likes to rant sometimes you know so uh uh this week what have i seen in 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 kayak world and fishing world that has just absolutely boggled my mind that i would like to address um this week i think i'm gonna go man i'm gonna leave the former broadcaster of that one show alone with his lip-syncing videos that have been going around that's pretty wild um at least you found another use for the microphone <laughs> but uh um all right my rants for this week are going to be surrounding mike Canelli, his victory and the surrounding um i'm gonna i, I guess we, we should call them like bro yackers uh there's a there's a there's a small group in the kayak community that is kind of like the the we in the veteran community we call them bro vets so uh there's kind of some bro yackers uh, that seem to take issue with like all the uh, the notoriety and all the attention that Mike Iconelli is Mike Iconelli is getting um, after his win, you know, um, and kind of like his presence in 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 kayaking period, you know, like somehow the guy doesn't deserve the attention that he's getting and the and that his involvement is somehow corporate related and just you know kind of BS and all to get and they act like uh, the kayaking world kind of you know, guys that have been in it for a long time or whatever should be getting more recognition than they are, than what Ike's getting. And I don't know, it's, but either way, um, I'm just going to say that it's my opinion that y'all are being stupid, man. Like, uh, take the, uh, take the win, man. Uh, we've got, whether you like him or not, whether you like his antics or not, whether you like how he reacts or not, um, man, shut up, you know, like, like just enjoy the win. Like, like we got, 
one of the most noticeable figures in professional fishing in a kayak all over every little bit of print media video magazines whatever man accept it take it for the win you know we want people in this sport we want to grow the sport that's the reason that we do the things that we do that's the reason that we're going to hear from luke that he does the things that he does is we want to grow our sport in a positive manner we want to grow it in a healthy way um, as, and I'm, I, and I want to say as much as we want to get rid of, you know, cheaters and scammers and things like that, we need to get rid of the people that are just here being negative. You know, it's like, yeah, man, sometimes it's funny. A lot of the time it's not. And it's kind of getting to the point where a lot of people are just being generally disrespectful of a guy that is out there and, you know, really doing a lot of work for the kayak community that he didn't have to do. You know, it's, it, it's not like kayak fishing is paying Ike's bills. Um, he is out there, he is doing some stuff that all of us should, I mean, honestly, uh, what's up, Preston? What's up, Jeremy? The, uh, um, I mean, a lot of us should be thankful that, you know, Ike's in it, man. It's, it's, uh, it's bringing people to the sport and the more people we have in the sport, the more competition we have in tournaments, the more competition we have in tournaments means the more money we can make, you know? So, um, and, and the more opportunity that we have to make money, the more that we have the opportunity to make this an actual profession instead of just sitting around and dreaming about it. So stop the Ike hate, you know, Ike hate needs to not like, yeah, Chris, bingo, raise the bar. You know, she knows what's up. It's raise the bar, act better than you are acting, man. Like, um, I mean, the, the bro yacker stuff is funny here and there, but it's like, sometimes it just gets old. So, um, yeah, let's raise the bar. I love it. We're going to steal that. <laughs> All right, so that one after the rant, we're going to do a little no further ado. We're going to bring on my guest for tonight. Uh, this man's name is Luke Prentice. A lot of you guys know him uh, from the Kayak Beast program that's been going around Facebook for the last, I don't know, while, man. Um, we're going to bring on, let him talk a little bit about himself. Luke. What's going on, Lance? What's up, brother? How are Thanks you? Thanks for having me on. I'm great, man. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. I saw, I saw those pictures from Napa, man. Looked like uh, y'all were getting some meat out. Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have to bring that up in a tab over here so I can open up a tab and show everybody Ooh. the uh, the, the, the crucifixion of, of, of swine and, uh, and lamb. <laughs> You know, but yeah, we were throwing down. We were trying to eat That's healthy. Awesome. You know, we were trying to eat the uh, go the go the whole uh, carnivore diet route. You know, like uh, nice. I like I mean, it. I think we kind of got a few vegetables in there at some point. You know, I think I had some cabbage on one of my dishes. So that and onions. Those are vegetables, right? Well, they got that barbecue joint, Rudy's. It says I didn't get to the top of the food chain eating vegetables. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, man. Uh, first off, welcome to the show. Thanks, um, sir. Why don't you tell everybody real quick a little bit about yourself, where you came from, your background, a little bit about Kayak Beast. Sure, sure. So as you said, Luke Prentice, uh, born and raised in Houston, man, and uh, graduated high school. I, I was, a, you know, played sports, thought I was going to play college sports, didn't. Went on to the Coast Guard, served there, and uh, got my GI Bill, got out, and got my degree in kinesiology, minor in health education. I uh, was going to get into coaching, and about that time, personal training actually became a real job. So I started doing that instead because I really like with, you know, the biomechanics and working with the human body. It's just always been kind of my area of nerdiness, if you will. And uh, one of my clients, actually, I used to go fishing with him. We'd go down to Baffin Bay. We'd stay in these floating cabins. And so I started walking into Wade in these different spots. Well, he had a kayak. He's like, man, 
you need to try out my kayak. I was like, you could fish out of those. This was about <laughs> 2012, I guess. And uh, so I took it out and sure enough, had a blast, man, was able to get off the shore and actually get in some deeper water and catch some fish. So next weekend I had my kayak and uh, started kayak fishing. And once I started getting into it, I figured since I worked out my entire life, I, you know, I'm in shape. I, I paddle as far as I want. I don't have to worry about anything. And my first long excursion, I had a, a, another client that was into fishing. He pointed out a good redfish spot, but it was about, about a five mile paddle from where I was. So no problem. Went out and I actually had a launch from the South shoreline, had the current at my back, wind at my back. I was like, man, it's the easiest thing ever to do this all day. <laughs> Got out there and uh, didn't fish. get on fish. And it was, it was <laughs> about noon when I launched, didn't get on fish till like, you know, the evening bite about six. And I'm like, man, I need to be heading in because I didn't have a 360 light. I wasn't ready for the dark, but I thought, you know, it took me an hour and a half to get out here. I paddle hard and fast. I can get in half that time, 45 minutes. So I load up with fish. I'm catching all kinds of fish and uh, throw them on the top of the yak, go to take off. And I have about 45 minutes to get in. Currents against me, winds against me. Man, it took me like three hours to get in. I'm paddling in in the dark. I'm dying. I'm feeling muscles I didn't know I had. I'm like, what is that back there? And uh, so that's when I started creating workouts to build up my kayak strength. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, I've got it. This isn't my normal bro gym beach workouts you know you have to do some different workouts for kayak strength yeah. so i started creating those and uh then when covid came around shut my gym down i started going online and started training people on zoom and started posting you know i heard about all these people buying kayaks and start kayak fishing i thought you know if i work out for a living basically and it kicked my butt the first time all these people that have normal jobs what's it going to do to them so i just thought you know i'll post up these videos that i do and started doing so in my kayak beast strength and fitness free group that I created for that. And uh, one of the gentlemen from Austin Canoe and Kayak looked me up and he said, you know, said, our, you know, our community needs this. He said, you should start a program with this. You know, all these guys, everybody's gaining weight during this COVID thing. And you obviously and I've had a lot of success through the years with weight loss. So I thought, yeah, I already do that. He said, combine the two, make a program. And I said, done. So I made a program and launched my first beta back in April. And I uh, had 15 guys there and I've had about 75 guys go through it now at this point and had a lot of success, a lot of fun. It's been a blast, man. Loving it. Yeah. It's uh, and, and, you know, I got, I got up with the, uh, I don't know, it was pretty, it was, it was a little earlier in the year and uh, it was one of those things that, you know, I was thinking, all right, man, we can do this. We can kind of do a little diet and we can kind of do a little working out and whatever. And then I, I mean, I've been hitting the, the tournament trail hard, you know? Yes, you have. Um, and it's like, I found myself going, dude, like you guys are putting in the work, man. Like, like I just wasn't ready for it. Um, and that's, that's one of the thing, like w once we get into a little bit more about the the successes with the kayak beast program, cause I think that that's, it's a really, it's an incredible thing and, and inter intermittent fasting and things like that. Oh yeah. Uh, but I also want to kind of really kick about, kick around some ideas um, about, you know, what, what can I do when I'm on the tournament trail, you know, cause that was really hard for me is it's like, I, I, I was doing the intermittent fasting. I was doing really well. And then I hit a, a trail there. Um, and man, I was going every weekend, two days, like, uh, I was driving, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. Um, and Preston, he's gym five, six days a week. Was he got, uh, not having a trolling motor. He's got, yeah. And, and I'm with you. I'm with you, Preston. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> there, there was a period that, that Preston and I, we were fishing some of the same waters on the, on the same tournament for a few weeks. And I mean, we were, it was hot. It was a uh, bluebird. It was full of grass and it was about two feet low. 
And man, we were literally dragging ourselves through Hydrilla, you know, and my boat, my boat, my Jackson, you know, with the trolling motor on the front and everything like that, my big rig, it's got to be 200 pounds. You know? bet. And when you're sitting there and you're dragging through that grass and just like, literally, it's just pulling the whole way. Um, that's when I found that, that my, uh, my ability to intermittent fast fell off. Like I just, I needed calories, you know? And it's like, I remember the, maybe the second or third day of doing that and dragging around in that grass. I was like, I need to eat, man. Like I need a lot of food. What um, time were you, what time were you fishing? Like what were your intermittent fasting hours during that point? In other words, like, were you supposed to start eating at noon and then you're fishing till two in the afternoon? Yeah, pretty much. Well, okay. I, I kind of pushed mine back a little bit because of my work schedule. You know, it's like I have pressing these like, uh shoulders and chest was burning like, <laughs> everything was burning that was yeah really um i bet it was uh jeremy was that it sounds like our welsh tourney yeah it was a welsh tourney and it was a bracket tourney around there that i was fishing on welsh slide across the grass move sometimes like it's just like your power you're pulling yeah. on each side man just digging in your, your, your well and then hot grass that's a power plant lake so it's like you know 100 degree water so oh. it's, it's dropping hot grass on you while oh. you're um but yeah, it's, you know, I had to adjust uh, my, my uh, intermittent fasting hours. And for a lot of you guys don't know, um, it's, uh, it's 18 to 8. Uh, 16 to 8. 16 to 8. Um, six, 16 to 8. So you got 16 hours uh, where you're kind of, you know, off. And then eight hours, you've got to kind of cram everything in. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes perfect sense when you get on the call with Luke and you talk about it and you're like, dude, like, that makes perfect sense, you know, and it really did. And it was working. Well. I mean, I lost like eight pounds the first week. Yeah. Um, but uh, then, you know, when I got to where I was, I was really killing it and my, my hours were shifted, I think, to like uh, from like one to nine. OK, because so maybe I'm, you should have shifted them back. Chef, but I'm a chef. So it's like. You know, it's like I have to be able to taste and, you know, and like, you know, <laughs> dinner service. So it's kind of like it was kind of like a real, real, real tough time for me to do that. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of one of the things where I want to kind of get you out of your shell a little bit um, and kind of go. All right. Those of us that are out on the road, I know uh, my, my boss man up at one of my sponsors, uh, Missile Bates, John Cruz, um, is like an absolute fitness nut you know like i mean he is incredible at it he's always at the gym he's always eating, he's putting out videos nice some good foods even some fast foods like chick-fil-a yeah. and McDonald's and stuff like that sure some, like little non-breaded like chicken sandwiches and yeah. stuff you can yep. apple slices instead of fries apples um absolutely like, uh, just some little stuff that you can find out on the road and so john mm-hmm. cruz has a good video out there about that uh you can find baits.com will have a link or or john cruz bass fishing or something okay i need to i need to get on his page he's really good you you dig john like john sounds like it uh but like kind of what would you recommend for those of us that are out there cruising around i mean like i'm making i was going to south carolina so that was probably my farthest was like you know maybe 14 15 hours in the car you know like it, that's the that's the hardest for me is being in the car you know it's like well it's, so what were what were you doing for food were you stopping for fast food or were you gas station food what what were you I was trying to get you know like a lot of like dried fruits and nuts and like granolas and or like uh um just a lot of the healthier stuff beef jerk so beef jerky is going to be yeah. you want to go more high protein because the granola oddly enough man is not very healthy granola yeah. It really, so what, what you try to do is keep your blood sugar down and those carbs get your blood sugar up. Once your blood sugar comes up, we release insulin. And that's 
that's the whole, you know, we had this type two diabetes epidemic in our country. And that's from people getting their, getting their blood sugar up and releasing insulin all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, Gerdola is a, a big culprit of that. It, it does the same thing. So the nuts aren't too bad. Problem with nuts are they don't raise your blood sugar, but they pack a ton of calories. So if you're going to get satiated, get a full belly from nuts, mm-hmm. man, you probably ate 1500 calories worth right. to get that much nuts in your belly to fill you up. So things like beef jerky, uh, hard boiled eggs, mm-hmm. sandwich meat, um, flexing the fasting times. Yeah, Dustin knows. Um, so uh, hard boiled eggs, yogurts, you know, Greek yogurts, um, MREs. Yep, they work very well. Um, those are awesome. Um, there's also uh, Quest bars. Quest bars are wonderful. Now, the one thing you do run into is if you don't have them in a cooler or something, they will melt <laughs> pretty right. easy in a sense. So you do need to keep them in a cooler if you're going to have them out during the summer. Uh, protein drinks work as well. Uh, now, one thing about proteins, it does dehydrate you. So if you're having just protein, which is your best option, but you need to make sure you're matching it with a lot of hydration, a lot of water. Fiber is key. That's like those Quest bars. What makes them so good is they have like 12 grams of fiber. Fiber makes you digest food slowly and keeps your blood sugar down. Okay. So that's that's the deal is having some good fiber in there. Hey, that's probably like like where a lot of us miss out, too, is like the uh, the fresh veggies, the fiber, the uh, fruit um, has fiber, too. Uh, and yeah, and uh, well, I mean, and and just kind of being generally kind of uh, steered in the direction of something like, oh man, it's so easy to just crunch a Cliff Bar, and you're like, yep. you're good, you know, and like that's, and it's not necessarily that healthy for nope. you. Nope, most and, most and, Cliff Bars are not. They might out of their twelve bars, they might have one or two that are actually healthy. Right. Unless, you know, unless you're hiking for eight hours and you need just straight energy because mm-hmm. you're gonna, you know, okay, but it's gonna shut down your fat burning. Right. Yeah. Well, um, so is there ways that uh, in, during those intermittent uh, fasting times or when, when we're actually in our in our feeding hours, is there ways to kind of load up for the day? Sure. We're going to sure. have the, that, the following day. Yeah, that, that's when you would have those carbohydrates. So when you're during that eight hour eating window, you can have then, you know, you can have pastas, potatoes, rices, um, any of those types of starch legumes are really good. Black beans, mm-hmm. kidney beans, pinto beans. Oh, no bananas in the boat. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I'm not a superstitious man, but I'm not going to push my luck either. Bro, that's uh, like, almost like eating the charms in the MREs, man. That's like, <laughs> uh-uh. you're going to get rained on. <laughs> so they're, they're very true. Um, so yeah, that's when you would have all your starches. You can load up on those. Um, the proteins, you always want to have proteins with you. So every single meal you want to have proteins. But during that eight-hour window, load up on those starches. That's, those starches also hydrate you. So carbohydrates, mm-hmm. that's because right. they hold they hold water and the carbs hold water. So they hydrate you. And protein does not. So when you're eating that protein, you're not going to hold any water. You're living off the, the carbohydrates you had the night before. That's going to be your water from what you took in. You know, even like, you know, Ezekiel bread is a real healthy bread. Uh, you know, any bread that has about five grams of fiber per serving, you're all right. But you'll see some of these like nature's own whole wheat bread that has like two grams of fiber. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's a little better than white bread, but but not, right. not, a, not a whole lot. Enriched, yeah. There's that uh, Dave's Dave's killer bread, I believe it's called. That's a good one. Um, interesting story behind that guy. But um, we yeah, saw so, him with trucks in California the other day. We were, we were talking about him. Yeah. Story. Yeah. He's an ex-con. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> funny story here in his story. But yeah, his, his breads are really good. Um, so yeah, a, a high high fiber bread products, that will do it as well. 
but you got your potatoes. Sweet potatoes are the best type of potatoes. Mm -hmm. You know, the big white russet potatoes are the worst. Uh, little red potatoes are the next best. Right. Uh, brown rice and the legumes. Those are all great options. Now, what 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 makes the uh, and uh, like like I want to kind of deep dive into a few of these things for people that are listening that may not know. Uh, brown brown rice versus uh, white rice or traditional rices. Uh, brown rice, it just it still has the husk on it, the bran. So that means it still has the fiber. White rice, I don't know how they do it, but they peel the bran off of each little individual grain of rice. And that's that brown part. So that's actually the husk, I guess you could say, on the outside of the rice. Well, that's where all the fiber is. That's why brown rice is kind of grainier tasting. You got to gnaw it a little bit more than white rice. So being that has more fiber in it, keeps your blood sugar lower. White rice, your blood sugar goes up higher. And the, the sticky rice, like the, the Asian rice, that really gets your blood sugar up. Uncle Ben's converted rice, they actually spray that rice to the husk that goes inside of the grain of rice. So that's kind of a that's kind of an in-between one. The converted rice, they just convert it to the ends, the husk to the inside. So that's 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 better than the sticky rice, but not quite as good as the brown rice. Now, a little caveat to that is that the the husk is apparently where they all the you know, our ground naturally has arsenic in the soil. Well, the bran apparently holds holds some arsenic in it too. So if you're eating brown rice all the time, then you might, I've never heard anybody getting high arsenic from it, but that, that's where the arsenic is anyway. I've, Interesting. I've never heard of it, never heard anybody having bad consequences from that, but that's just something they throw out there. Right. I love rice, man, love rice. There are, there are so many like little fallacies out there in the food world of, of things to worry about, things to freak out about. Um, like one of the funniest ones that I got, because I'm, 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 a, I'm a chef that like I make, I make charcuterie. I make salumis. I make, I make cured meats, you know, like I do things like, uh, like use nitrates and nitrites and things that, you know, either slowly turn into nitrates over time or, you know, put like celery juice. Exactly. Celery seed, celery juice, like, like naturally you'll, you'll see a lot. That's kind of like the big, like, like food, uh, outrage du jour. I think as we kind of call them in the, they food. say it's a neurotoxin. Yeah, exactly. Or nitrates can't do nitrates can't do. And then you're like, they're like, oh, but eat this spinach salad. It's so good for you, you know. And like, there's more, there's more nitrites in in, in a spinach salad than there is in, you know, two logs of of charcuterie. <laughs> you know, it's uh, and it's a totally natural thing. It's something that you need, and it's just kind of like, I mean, how do how do people avoid all the all all the, all the catches out there, all the all the the trends that just kind of get blown out there. Like it's like, so hard, man. I mean, if you don't study it for a living all the time, like I do, I don't know how you do it. It's even like natural. So when right. you see, when something says it's all natural, that doesn't mean that yeah. it's all natural. That it's means that at one there. point it started out as natural, but then oh, after they take that, they could, yeah. yeah, they can <laughs> do whatever they want to it after it started as natural and send it through any process, chemical process mm -hmm. they want to and still call it natural. And we, I mean, and, and that is, that's another thing to be aware of. I mean, you know, that's the, uh, the, the, the caveat emptor, you know, is like, uh, um, when you go to the grocery stores, like, that's a good one to talk about. Um, uh, cause I get it a lot because I mean, I work with farmers, I work with ranchers, like I, I avoid processed foods as much as possible, you know, that's everything, true, yeah. you know, I, I think that that there's so much damage that's done to our bodies by eating processed, chemical yes. added, manipulated, um, just, you know, Frico foods, you know, like Jeremy Baker, let's see, is Wagyu beef good for you? Um, well, see, I'm going to, this is one of the things that we're kind of talking about right now is like, uh, 
Wagyu is one of those terms that has been so used, abused, diluted, spread out, beat down, drug around that it's really hard to know if you're actually getting good Wagyu bloodlines in the in the meat that you're eating. A lot of these people are taking the genetics that originated in, in Japan. And it's one of the things that I did a lot of work with is actually, you know, uh, you know, first, you know, second generation, first generation ranchers in America that actually had, you know, the Akushi and Wagyu bloodlines is uh, how many times that offspring of those animals has gone out to ranches and gone, you know, to where it, where it, you know, instead of being at F1, F2, we're at like F33 now. And the genetics have been so stepped on by Angus and other uh, Bo Syndicus, you know, other breeds of cattle that it's not really Wagyu anymore, but it's got that little speck in there that allows them to slap Wagyu on the label. So they crossbreed them and then they can oh, still absolutely. call it. Oh, that makes, all, I believe that. Uh, they're all crossbred. It's uh, there, there are no, I mean, unless you're getting some, uh, you know, ordering beef from some prefecture out in, in, in Japan itself, then you're not even getting real Wagyu. That doesn't surprise me at all. American Wagyu or, or in, in um, you know, like traditionally they're going to breed it with with an, an either a black Angus or they're going to bleed it with a, with a red Angus, which is going to get you the separation of Wagyu versus Akushi, you know, uh, Akushi being the red cattle. Um, you know, grass fed, I mean, are they, are Wagyu typically grass fed? Either way, it depends on the rancher at that point. So, um, most ranchers, uh, to keep with the, the intermuscular marbling are going to do some sort of grain diet. If you know your ranchers, um, that you're working with, like I do, I know the diets that they're, that they're feeding their animals, you know, and they consist of, you know, you know, some heritage grains, some things that are really well known. They've got a custom blend of feed that's very expensive, you know, um, unlike the commercial or the commodity farmers that are just getting whatever cattle they bought at the feedlot that look good, that they got a good bid on that they bring to their ranch and they're going to stuff them full of, uh, some sort of grain based, you know, feeder, you know, cubes, uh, hay and then and just forage. And then they're just going to basically let those cattle pack weight on. And then they take them to a feedlot, uh, pigs, the same thing, you know, it's like any of your meat animals, um, you know, they're, they're going to get to a spot where they're going to be finished off and they're going to get the finishing ration, which is a very high calorie, very high, you know, um, it, it, it does terrible things to the body of the animal. You know, it's like a, not to get too gross, you know, but as a chef, that's pretty, pretty well known for working with meat. Um, when you start getting into these commercial animals that have been feedlot processed, which is most of the, literally most of almost, if not almost all animals that you're going to buy at your big grocery stores, your big box stores, things like that are all commodity. Um, but I mean, I can think of getting in whole primal cuts, big, like full section, say like an entire ribeye roll, you know, like not the ribeye steaks, but the, that entire section of the animal in, and you start butchering it up and then you hit a big green pocket of just pus, you know, because yeah. there's cyst in there because the animal is acidotic because for the last, you know, month and a half of its life, it was literally force fed as much corn as it could eat. Um, and what? not good corn. Well, that's what they do at the feedlots is they just, what about the mad cow disease? Didn't that come from animals that couldn't go to market that right. they were, they were actually crushing up uh, the animals that couldn't go to market and feeding these ve feeding vegetarian them. animals back to yeah. animals that don't eat meat. And it was, and, and I would tell, I mean, it, it was a really good marketing effort by the beef people um because they went out there and they tried to demonize all these people that were exposing uh the the, the cattle feedlots 
um, and the processors for what they were doing, they got shut down and labeled as crazies and labeled as, uh, as you know, crazy hippies and tree huggers and stuff that were protesting these places. And man, I'm none of those things. You know, I'm red blooded American veteran, whatever you call it. Like and they went after uh, Oprah. I remember that ever, you know, anybody that opened their mouth about it, they were slapping with lawsuits. They were doing this. I mean, but turns out they're feeding them this, you know, just straight corn that they're po they're killing them. You know, they're killing them in an effort to pack on weight and pack on intermuscular fat. Mm -hmm. So when people tell me, oh, my God, how can you charge X amount of dollars for a steak? I go, dude, not, on, not only is it better for the animal, it's a thousand times better for you. And it's a thousand times better tasting when you actually spend the money and get the good stuff. So yeah, I'm buying a ribeye and I have the choice between uh, $16 a pound uh, prime whatever ribeye from a box beef place or, you know, $28 a pound uh, local grass raised. Uh, it doesn't even have to be grass raised, even if it's just on a good organic grain, grain finished, grain fed diet. Um, cause there's, there's great ranches. There's ranch stores all around right here in Tyler. There's ranch stores where you can go and buy or farmer's markets that you can buy steaks, you know? I've even seen organic beef and uh, grass-fed beef side-by-side -side at HEB before. Oh, yeah. And I, and I thought the organic tasted better, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, but I mean, all those options are there, but it's just that a lot of people just don't know it or they don't know the difference, you know, and like a lot of those, uh, and, and sorry for going on a rant, that's what Lance does, um, the, the Lance rants, the, uh, but uh, yeah, man, wagyu beef. Wagyu beef is good for you if it if it's if it's real or American wagyu beef is good for you if it was raised correctly by people mm -hmm. properly. Right. Um, like the the big thing that we just uh, that we just did in Napa. I mean, that was heritage breed animals. Uh, in that case, it was pork and lamb um, from uh, Yano Seco Ranch and uh, Marin Sun Ranch, uh, which are right there in the Bay Area raised those animals lovingly it was uh uh they were on great diets they were treated well they had room to move yeah the, and stress hormones they yeah. when they're raised right they don't have all the stress hormones and anybody knows that if they've hunted and they get and they don't make the kill right there where it stands they got to chase it down and they release all those stress hormones into the meat by the time they catch it not near as good as if you drop them and they never even know they've been shot yet yeah and then grass-fed cows their fat is actually cla CLA is a super healthy fat. Well, you don't have CLA in the grain fed. Well, very small amounts in the grain fed. The mm -hmm. CLA, is, that's the primary fat in grass fed cows, which is a super healthy fat. So it makes that beef fat extremely good for us, whereas mm -hmm. grain fed beef fat is not. Exactly. And, and I do the same things with, with heritage breed pork that I use in my restaurant all the time. Um, I make dishes out of just pure back fat off of these pigs because it's so beautiful and it's so creamy. It's, it's like butter. Mm. Um, and it is so clean and it's so, I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the, 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 the food expert, but, you know, but the different types of fats are so different in the way that they react with your body, the way they make. You yeah. 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 Natural fats, the way they're supposed to be, you know, they're, they're supposed to be raised grazing out there in pastures. I mean, that's how, that's how God meant them to be. Yeah. And when they when they're raised that way and they eat that way, they're good for you. And uh, it's and, when they, when we step in and process them and, and you know raise them real fast for uh, industrial purposes, that's when things start going haywire. And that's it. It's, it's speed. And and what they're looking for is they're looking at at turnover and they're looking return on investment. And yep. they're looking for ways that they can pack more pounds on animals. Is yep. the reason that I have mass production. 
Yeah, it's a reason that I have a half a chicken on my menu that costs twenty two dollars, or you mm-hmm. can buy a half, or you can buy a whole chicken completely cooked and ready to go at Sam's Club for six. Oh yeah, you know, and then that's because that is a a Franken chicken that has been. Yeah, if anybody has to wonder, look at that Kentucky Fried Chicken expose because you know they grow their own chickens and those chickens that they can barely even walk around. They were so yeah, they're a lot of them. Oh my god, um, they're they're birth defects. They have extra. Oh, it's horrifying. Um, You'll never eat KFC again. Yeah, there's uh like like go look at the documentaries on like Netflix or like on Amazon Prime. Go look go look, look up food documentaries. And go look at some of the farming ones, you know, go look at the because I and, and I think my grand point in, in like the, the the fitness aspect of, of fishing is a lot of times we may not have time to intermittent fast. We may not have time. Forgot oh, about that point. We may have to get in there and eat, you know, Well, and but think about what you're eating and that can help us a lot. Oh, sure. Sure. And that's the whole reason that, that that we've gotten into this obesity epidemic in our generation. It's because of processed foods, because our body does not know how to handle them. It's not it's not real food. Most of it. it's not even supposed to be going in our bodies. Right. But with the intermittent fasting, even a 12 hours, 12 hours is actually when a fast begins. So let's say you can't make 16 hours. You can only make 14 hours. You can make a minimum of 12 hours. It's still considered a fast. So on those days where you can't quite get 16 in, you can only get, say, 14 in. Let's say uh, you're going to eat till 9 p.m., but you have to start eating at 11 a.m. because you're out fishing. And, man, you know, I can get through those first four, you know, 7 to 11, 6 to 11, whatever, get through those early hours, have something at 11, and then just eat till 9 p.m. Yeah. You've got a 10, you know, 14, 10 right there. That's still fasting. Matter of fact, for females, because of their hormones, we don't recommend they go past 14 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, like I've got, uh, I mean, it's nothing that I've ever been diagnosed with, but it's genetic and I have the, all the symptoms of it. And I know, uh, uh, that, that, that my mom and dad and like everybody down the lines had it is, uh, is, is hypoglycemia. Oh um, yeah. That's one of the things that I find, like I was having trouble when I was first getting started in kayak beast was it was like kind of when they, the heat was first starting to get bad. Um, and I was, I was finding that I needed that sugar, you know, I needed yeah. that, I needed that extra, uh, I needed that extra little oomph. And when I was trying to stretch it to make it to my uh, off my to, to, to break my fast, when I was trying to make it to that point. Like sometimes I was getting to the point where I was like, man, I'm going to go out. Yeah. That heat's uh, kind of a double whammy, mm-hmm. you know, because you're already, so your body needs to switch over to fat. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, it's going into ketosis, basically, mm-hmm. you know, the keto diet's real popular because it gets you into ketosis, but that that's not necessarily the point of intermittent fasting by any means, but that's when you start burning fat for energy. You're converting fat into glucose. That's it, it by ketones. So it's you're getting your body to flip that switch and get off of using. So we're all sugar burners. If you any type of food we eat, even broccoli, eventually it turns into sugar. It's healthy, but you know, and it takes a long time to convert over to sugar. But it's still all food eventually gets converted into glucose for energy. So we're considered sugar burners if we use food for energy, which we have. I mean. I was eating five meals a day my entire life. I didn't learn about intermittent fasting until three or four years ago. And I thought it was total BS. I, in college, in my health education, all our nutrition courses taught us, man, if you want to lose weight, you're supposed to eat all day long. Right. <laughs> I never gave it a second thought at the time. I used to make clients meal plans with 35 meals a week. <laughs> 35 meals a week. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So and needless to say, they could follow it for about a month, maybe two months and then they'd start falling off. I mean, it's just so hard to do before. That's the best thing about intermittent fasting is you still get to eat the food you love. 
You don't got to give up all, you know, whatever food you like, you can still eat it. And uh, it's, it's less trouble because you're having, you're not having to worry about breakfast every day. If that's, you know, and we can flex the hours, but what, you know, what, if you want to eat breakfast and not dinner, but it's less trouble because you're eating less often. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that was real important when I first talked to you about intermittent fasting or about dieting in general is beer, man. Yeah. Have I, it during your eating window. I love beer. Don't we all? I love <laughs> beer. My friends love beer. We all love beer. Yeah, I love IPAs, um, man. Love them. So, see, I can't do IPAs. Like the, the hops, the hops freak me out. Uh, when, once you have them, man, your tongue will never be able to go back. They yeah. ruin your tongue. Yeah. The uh, um. So drinking beer, like like what should we drink? I well, it, I mean, ultra is going to be lighter, of course. Yeah. You know, um, but. It's if you're eat, doing it during the eating window, man, it's not really that big of a deal. Right. The only thing you need to watch out for is a jacking with your sleep. If you drink too much before bed, it'll it'll help you to go to sleep, but yeah. then it'll wake you up two or three hours later. So that that's that the biggest concern is drinking it too late and it jacking with your sleep. Interesting. Now, now, uh, what what causes it to 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 wake you up later? And I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I, I, I really don't know the exact reason why why it wakes you up later. I'm not sure of that, but that's that's the deal. It helps you fall asleep, yeah. but then it's when that initial that buzz wears off. I guess it mm -hmm. makes you wake up, and you know, needless to say, you're dehydrated, so you're gonna need water. And, but yeah, that's that's the problem with alcohol is jacking with your sleep or anything else. And that's, you know, uh, being, being, a, being a vet, like Iraq dude and stuff like that. Like, I know that a lot of us that, uh, that, that come back, especially going through, you know, some of the, some of the crap that's going on right now. Um, I know there's a lot of us that are probably drinking more than usual. And, and, and maybe that's something that everybody out there in La La Land look out for. Cause I never really thought of that, you know, that, yeah, I mean, that's for years. I know a lot of us have, have drank to just, you know, kind of, uh to, to to get kind of chilled out so we can wind down at the end of the day just have mm -hmm. um you know uh i mean like i said from a veteran point of view uh from a mental health point of view mm -hmm. i mean you know it's not the best thing for you in the world but it's it's what does the trick you know yeah, but, well i mean what's the difference between that and antidepressants which they got half the guys on those aren't good for you either so i totally understand you know because a lot yep a lot of times a lot of guys man they've seen some some crazy stuff and there's they need something to wind down and um i wouldn't say that the antidepressants are giving people they're not any better that's that's like they, the, uh that that's that's the worst and that's uh and it's like ho hopefully hopefully one of these days you know our uh, our voters can band together and get some of the stuff that actually works le legalized yeah that's right in, in texas up. yeah for real. <laughs> it's legal other places just not here being healthy for you um what and and so i would take it that your 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 opinion of uh of, of of that would be would be positive like yeah yeah totally life. it should be legal here yeah it's it's a lot less harmful than than alcohol alcohol is legal and it's more harmful than that is so yeah i can i can tell you when i got out of the military and i was a firefighter and a paramedic i didn't see uh i didn't go to on medical calls to too many domestics where people you know smoked a joint and beat each other up or or, or killing a family of four driving down the road at night or, or any, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. uh oh, so yeah. Call your representatives, people. It's time, you know. Yeah, uh, you I agree. Get 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 a little healthy. I mean, but that may be another cause for you know break 
breaking that fast though too though uh, <laughs> you do I, have to be careful with that part for but sure. I mean, than the alcohol so that's yeah makes yeah sense. and and you know and that 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 hunger stuff you, you get used to that after a while they've they've shown that that's more of a at the beginning like if somebody's using it for therapeutic reasons they get past that after about six weeks to eight weeks they start getting past that hunger well yeah yeah that's uh I mean, I, I can't say that it has any effect. I mean, whatsoever that I could ever touch any of that stuff because even the VA would never let me use that stuff. But right. form one on uh, or whatever they call it, form one, class one, whatever on the FDA yeah. scale. Yeah. So even if it's legal, like I was just in California where it's perfectly legal, um, it's not legal for veterans. And I think that that's a shame. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's even well, a veteran if you live in a state that has how much how much money does the government make off you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And the so, of course the not. The industry and alcohol. Yeah. They stand to lose a bunch of money. So. Yep. Yeah. All right. There's another soapbox. <laughs> another Don't get me going down that hole. For real. So there you go. <laughs> From the health guru himself, uh, uh, Jeremy. He, oh, let's go to Jeremy's first. Jasmine he, uh, Rice. I love Jasmine what, Rice. What do you? Uh, what'd be the best dinner of the night before? We were kind of talking about that a little bit earlier. Like load up on starches. That's right. Potatoes. Um, yeah. Rice. Potatoes, uh, sweet potatoes. Legumes. Right. Like, potatoes the second. Beans. Yeah. Beans mm -hmm. and legumes. You know, a great one is green peas, man. They have a ton of protein. Yeah. A ton of protein, ton of fiber, ton of starch. So that loads you up for the next day. Yeah. So you have all that energy. And your body stores away those carbohydrates as glycogen. So that glycogen goes into your muscles and gets stored in there. Now, again, a little caveat here. You're not going to tap into your fat stores until you've used up that glycogen. Your body's going to use that for energy. And then it's going to, once it runs out of energy from these other sources, it has to start converting your fat over into energy. And that fat energy, it's not, it doesn't, it's not the blood sugar style energy where your blood sugar gets high, 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 then down, 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 up, 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 down. You get going on that. Once your body learns how to flip that switch, man, you just stay rolling until you eat. And then once you eat, it's like, but um, yeah, the, the energy you get, I mean, think about it, that we have the same bodies cavemen did. Let's say they went out and they're hunting, you know, woolly mammoths and and they, they don't score for two or three hunts in a row. Well, if their energy dropped down to nothing, they'd starve to death. They'd be, be in the cave. Oh, we can't go hunt. So we're going to die. No, the body jacks up your energy so you can go out and get food and hunt and have a, have a successful hunt or gather whatever it is. So the body actually, when it's down to hunger and it's using up at the national oil reserve of fat that it is, you know, that's basically our body's national oil reserve. It puts aside for emergency use only. That is a super source of energy because the body knows, hey, we're getting down to our stored energy. We better better eat fast. So it, it jacks you up and it gets to a point to like, if you fast for a long, there are people, not me, I've done a two day fast before, but there are people who do three, five day fasts. And uh, what stops them is because they can't sleep anymore. And that's the body to try to keep you hunting and keep you gathering to find food. It won't let you sleep until you do eat something. So yeah, the body jacks up your energy as a protective measure when you're when you're running on body fat. That is insane to think about it. Now, I mean that that is kind of like the uh, you know the the, the Defcon level going up in your body. Yep, like that's right. You're cranking that's you right. up. On yeah, that. you release epinephrine. So yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's, you know, you, you release adrenaline, epinephrine that energizes you. Your body does all those things because it knows it better get some food quick. That's awesome. Uh, let's go back to Preston's uh, six ounce tuna steak. That's something that I cook in my restaurant very often. That's awesome. Uh, jasmine rice is, I love jasmine, oh, rice. I love jasmine rice. So good. And so if you guys have ever been to the Indian, the, the local Indian joint and have gotten just that just fantastic rice, that's exactly what that is. 
cup of broccoli with some curry in it or or uh if like i will tell you like what i eat more than broccoli is broccolini which you can usually find a lot that, that's the little stalks right it's yeah like, i've had that in salad got smaller florets on sweeter. them sweeter kind of it's a little bit sweeter taste um a lot of people don't like broccoli but i'm telling you like, I love broccoli. here I'll, I'll give you exactly how i cook it in a restaurant uh broccoli broccolini trim about an inch of the stem off the back end get a pot of water uh salt it to the point of where it kind of is, it's not like seawater but when you taste the water it's salty you know like uh, uh approaching seawater um, use sea salt sea salt absolutely yeah i love pink salt is a mild so i love that pink salt man yeah, it tastes salt, totally different i really like the pink the salt one. I, did, I did uh i did himalayan pink salt on that on that half a pig that i cooked uh this last weekend it was great i love the flavor uh, of it yeah really good really really like mineral yes like just very yeah. mineral. doesn't have that bite to it of that iodized salt um but i, I mean in the restaurant i used a hundred percent uh baleen French, uh, very fine, uh, natural sea salt, you know, not stepped on at all. Just really good. But, uh, yeah, salt water, throw that broccolini in there, blanch it for like two minutes, pull it out with a strainer, put it in an ice bath, let it sit in the ice bath until it's cold. Um, what that'll do is it'll lock in that chlorophyll. It'll lock in all that green. It'll lock in all the nutrients instead of getting that, you know, like you go to Applebee's and you get that broccoli and it's just so like soggy like sad broccoli you know? yeah it's not even green anymore it's kind yeah. of like a brownie like kind of looks like hydrilla that's been laying on the bank for or the edge of your kayak when like you get you're eating freaking prison food or something yeah, gross um that's because it's not properly cooked so i'm gonna blanch it blanch it shock it and then you can just pick it back up either like in a saute pan or on the grill or uh, a lot of times at the restaurant we'll pick it up in our in our in our in our broiler, like in our fire oven, just put some color on it real quick. Man, it is the that is so good. It's and like and cruciferous like, vegetables. That those are the healthy, healthiest vegetables around. Are cruciferous vegetables? You know mm -hmm. that cabbage, cauliflower. Uh, all your all your all your brassicas, like the like mm -hmm. the brassica family of plants, bulbs, mustards. Um, yeah, there's yeah. cruciferous. They they actually help with our hormone levels big time. So really? they're super, super healthy. Yeah. And they, they have what's called a uh, sulforaphanes and sulforaphanes are becoming like, they're, the, they're all the rave of the longevity community now. And uh, so there's all these studies being done at Stanford and these different places about sulforaphanes and they're, they're the next big thing, but yeah, that's where you find them. You find them in these cruciferous vegetables. So they're, right. they're, they're about the healthiest vegetables around. And they make a good snack too. I mean, just, just that, uh, like I said, that broccolini just blanched. Just just blanch and then ice bathed. If you talk, yeah, I eat them raw. Pack of that in your cooler, um, and just like I will snack on that. Like yeah. it's, snack on it like it's candy. You know, like I'll just literally just sit there and just reach into a ziploc back and bag and pull out that broccolini and just munch on it. You know, it works. Uh, asparagus works the same way. Um, a, lot, a lot of your just green kind of stocky like like veggies like that will work great when you blanch them. You know, Brussels sprouts. That's another cruciferous. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see, what do we got? Uh, pastas. Yeah, Dustin. Uh, reduced carb pasta, chickpea flour. Chickpea flour is a great flour to go. Gorilla plus pasta. Comes in a yellow box. And they use uh, pea flour. So it's, it's got protein added to it. It's got about five grams of fiber. Tastes better than regular pasta. Mm -hmm. Gorilla plus. Gorilla is a, a popular pasta, but they have one that's yeah. in a yellow box. 
phenomenal. Once you have that, you will never have regular pasta again. Super right. healthy and tastes better at the same time. Unless Dreamfields you isn't bad, but uh, Barilla Plus is unbelievable. Like unless you come to my restaurant and I make you handmade pasta. No, that's true. This is true. We're not. We're not. not we're not healthy. master chefs like you are at home. Not so <laughs> we got to have something in a box we can boil. <laughs> Everybody's just like, oh man, you have to go to these, you know, farm to table, these like fine dining restaurants, and you know the food's great and it's so healthy. And I'm like, bro, no. I'm like my job <laughs> is not to cook you healthy food. My job right. is to make you food that. That you just make your eyes flutter so good yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> use more butter uh, cream <laughs> like yeah that's awesome uh dustin big fan of greens yeah always with the greens man that's uh i can i can eat greens all day all night i mean it's just i mean collards mustards turnips like whatever i'm good yeah, that's weird the older i get the more i love vegetables man just the crunch yeah. and just man i just love them at the restaurant, it's my favorite snack. I mean, it just really is. It's like I can just grab whatever, a little little sizzle plate, and like I'll throw on some, like we usually have some some blanched broccolini and like some baby carrots that have been uh, just broiled, kind of par-cooked, just, uh, you know, prepared for service. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I love them. And it's so easy to, uh, hey, maybe that's what, hey, you want to team up on something? Let's do it, man. Let's all for it. Let's make a. Uh, we should. We should make a cookbook. Oh heck yeah! I'd love cool. to. I. I like suggested. I yeah. Yeah, we would. We could definitely do that. It'd be fun. And then I. I could add it to. I have some a program. We could. We could yeah. put it up as. Uh, put it up for. Put it up for a sale and as a. Uh, as a. Um, oh God! As a free service for. Uh, you know, we could do it for veterans. Yeah. We could do it. You know, something like that. That'd be dope. Donate to you know donate it to somebody something uh, I mean, yeah, donate. that sounds great yeah do a donation for veterans or something charity there's the word yeah. i was looking for <laughs> uh preston he's veggie pasta being married to a you're married to a sicilian woman preston God, i don't know how he's alive <laughs> careful he's careful pasta yeah for reals man I, that doesn't suck i love pasta man like, yeah like, who doesn't that's one of those things that i have always known you know get those carbs going like like uh um, and, and I mean, I think that pasta, like, like we were talking about meats and like we were talking about of, uh, uh, the, you know, veggies and other things, you know, when you start looking at organics, you start looking at locally sourced, locally raised. Yeah, that Seminola or Durham, you know, Lina, they, yeah, yeah, like Lina, okay. like yeah. The double lot flour, like you start, mm -hmm. at, you know, anything like, uh, like, like pasta, something like that. It, it's like anything else. I think it's it's as good as the sum of its of its parts. Yeah. How processed is it, man? That's that's the deal. People that are making it, you have to look at where it's coming from. You have to look at the ingredients that they're using, the level of expertise that's in care that's going in to cook it. A lot of people don't care. A lot of people mm -hmm. just don't give a shit. They're just going to buy whatever ingredients sure. are the cheapest and throw it sure. together. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. But yeah. just understand that that's not like, you know, uh, uh, going down in a you know, getting farm fresh eggs, you know, and like organic semolina flour and like well, you know, or, organic double lot or like not bleached, you know, not uh, non enriched, like just really good natural whole whole grain, uh, um, you know, flours and, and making pasta that way. I mean, it would be incredibly healthy for you. Well, you know, that's why a lot of, you know, the, the unfortunately, it's a lot of the low income communities are having some of the biggest okay. obesity problems because all those cheap industrial foods are what Absolutely. they're eating. And um, yeah, it's horrible for the body. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the things that uh, that that kind of in the culinary community that we fought back against is is that in a lot of ways, you know, that for years we had the food pyramid that was just absolute BS. Oh God, that yeah, you know, don't get had, you know just the kind of the kind of the dot gov just sitting there telling you you should eat this, you should eat that. Whatever. It's obvious the the the, exactly. the food guide pyramid lobbyists. is all obvious. Yeah, it's literally it has nothing to do with what's healthy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so many people don't know it, you know, and it's uh, yeah, I trust the government. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scariest words in the English language. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but, it, you know, so many people are, are, are just priced out of it, you know, and, and that is that's that's something yeah. to look at in the, in the food system is, is why do you think there is a dollar menu? at yeah. McDonald's? That's right. You that's know, exactly right. It, and, and it comes from the processing plants. It comes from the, the plants that process the beef and the chicken and the pork that you buy at Wally World or a big box store or a big local grocery store. McDonald's with the pink goo in their hamburgers. It's all the crap that was left over after the box, after the box beef program became popular, like in the 1970s, late 60s, early 70s. We shifted from a local butcher format to where you know, animal harvesting was done on more, mostly on a local level and you'd go to your butcher shop and you'd pick up, you know, your steaks or your ground or your, I mean, I can remember my, my, my papa, my, my grandpa, when I was a kid, just eating raw ground beef, you know, because <laughs> that's what they yeah. did because it was fine. You know, like yeah. now, now it's just, it's, it's, it's abhorrent to think of something like that. It's just like, because ugh, you don't know ammonia and all sorts of crap in it, you know? it's all in the processing plants. So processing plants moved in, started doing, you know, box beef. So in, you know, these big either pre-cut and packaged or just primals or whatever, they were basically just mass killing animals, mass chopping them up into parts, putting them in boxes and then shipping them off to your grocery store, shipping them off to your Walmart where they would break them down into the final few cuts. Um, so there was byproduct that was left over from that. So then that's what trickled down to uh -huh. food joints that, that, you know, that that's where gotcha. the slime comes in is because they're washing all the stuff off the boots of the guys at the processing plants and the stuff that's left on the tables at the chicken factory. And they got to figure out what chemicals can safely glue all that crap back together so that they can sell their trash to us. Yeah. So that's yeah. Makes sense. chicken nuggets. And that's what became, you know, burgers. And that's what became, you know, and, it, and it, they've gotten, more flavorful and more flavorful and more appealing visually over the years. Sure. But it's still the same. Still, track. Yeah. Just more chemicals. All they did to make that happen. Colorings and everything else. Exactly. And well, and, and that's why, like, like, like what you said, that's the, uh, that that's, and it's aimed largely at, you know, at, at the poor. It's yeah. At the, at the poor, at the, yep. over, at the overworked, at the blue collar. Yep. Um, it keeps us unhealthy. Um, it, it's, uh, it's cheap. And it's, Course. Furthermore, it's addicting, you know, so that yeah, it, it causes these, you know, endorphin releases and these rushes that natural foods don't do that to, you know, they have scientists that sit there and say, okay, they test sodium salt. So they say, okay, if we have 2000 milligrams of salt, not too salty, 2100, oh, that's too salty. Okay, let's make it 2099. Yeah. You know, they'll put it right below. Okay, how much sugar is too sweet? Oh, it still tastes good, still tastes good. Oh, 38 grams of sugar in a Coke. Oh, that's too sweet. All right, go 37 grams. Yeah. You know, they, they max out all these different food triggers and, you know, it's, it's saltiness, it's sugar, it's crunch, it's texture, it's color, you know, and these scientists know that, 
and they combine them all into these these single foods where in nature you might have one thing that's crunchy and has color but it won't have four or five of these different food triggers all in one and that's yeah. why we don't overeat natural foods you never say you never hear somebody oh man i couldn't stop eating apples last night oh my god oh that fourth apple i shouldn't have had it no it doesn't happen because it's not those addicting unnatural foods natural foods you don't do that that's that yeah that's awesome that's 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 crazy to think about it that way um all right um let's move into uh in, in, into workouts we haven't touched on the uh on on the uh on the, on the kayak strength side mm-hmm. of it yeah so so dive into that for us sure sure so with you know on the kayak there's certain movements that we all perform whether we're paddling we're pedaling you know there's certain movements and then we mimic those movements in our workouts so for instance if we're doing you know pedaling you know if especially if it's a fin drive it's that you know pushing back and forth so there's exercises like stationary lunges we'll do where we're, we're pushing with our foot out in front of us. Um, we can do what's called mountain climbers where we mimic that same thing. Or for instance, you know, like rowing on a kayak. It's not the same as rowing in a gym where like rowing oars. Instead, you know, you got your paddle and you're turning it with a straight arm. So we have kayak rows that mimic those. Um, chest, you know, it's like when we do a push-up. We'll, we'll take the dumbbells and we'll go up and then we'll push through it just like we did if we got our paddle up high. And we're pushing our paddle up, you know, so we do different things to mimic what we're doing in the kayak. And of course, a ton of core and turning with our core and flexibility in our core. And so what we do is we have circuits. They're called metabolic circuits. So the reason they're called metabolic is because we get our heart rate up and they actually raise our metabolism, and make us burn more calories while we're building our strength. So we have six exercises and we go through them. So we might have an upper body exercise. Then we go straight to a lower body exercise. Then we go straight to a core exercise. So we don't have to do a set, then rest, do a set, then rest, because we're just hitting different muscle groups. One muscle go, one muscle group goes, the other one rests. And we go through six exercises. Then we take a little minute break, grab a drink, what have you, start that circuit over again, go through those six again, then we, then we take a break. So we go through those circuits three times. Circuit takes seven to eight minutes. So there's actually 21 to 24 minutes of total workout time. Now, the first time I take everybody through on Zoom, so I'm explaining and talking and cracking stupid jokes or whatever. And uh, so it takes 30 minutes for us to get through the first time we record that uh, Zoom workout with all the guys doing it. And so I'm correcting technique. I'm looking on the screen, you know, hey, Lance, sit back on your heels a little bit more, your squat to protect your knees. Um, you know, when we're doing that row, make sure you're using your rear delt by making your hands go more to the side, you know, whatever it is, making corrections on y'all's form to make sure you have good form. Then I put that up into the page. We have a private Facebook group. So all the guys that can't make the live Zoom, which it's usually about half and half, about half the people make the live, half don't. And then that goes up to the Facebook group. So then people can go up there and they can watch it and they can say, okay, so he was telling Lance to watch out for staying on his heels. Okay, I need to watch out for that. Then the next work, they have two more workouts. We do three a week. So we'll repeat that same circuit two more times during the week. I have a Kayak Beast phone amp. That Kayak Beast phone amp, I put, I put the exercises into it. They open it up now and they have me doing each individual exercise. So they hit on one. Okay. You know, so it might be a, a kayak row that I'm doing. Then it's going to be a stationary launcher called split squats. Then we might have a side plank, you know, so whatever it is, they click on each individual one. I talk my way through it and then they can record. Okay. I did this many repetitions. I used this much weight. Um, I rated the workout as being hard, easy, whatever it is. And then I can see it inside their account when they do it through the app. So I can kind of monitor what they're doing the rest of the week. 
And that's how we do the workout. So each week, each week is a different workout. So it's a different level. So there's 48 different exercises we end up doing by the end because there's six of them, eight weeks. Interesting. And uh, Jeremy had asked in there, uh, what do you think the most benef- beneficial workout? I would imagine that would be a combination of things. But Yeah, yeah. That's these metabolic hurts, right? Yeah. yeah, because we're, we're building up your stamina at the same time as your strength. Because as we know, it takes a lot of stamina out there as well. It's not just... I mean, most people are strong enough to move a paddle through the water, right? But it's stamina, how long you can do it. And also, you know, turning, you know, and that's even like landing fish. You know, you got a big old oversized red or a huge bass or something, your net, and you got to be able to bring it on board the boat. You got to be able to pull anchor. You got to be able to load your kayak, unload your kayak, launch your kayak. So it's these, these metabolic circuits are the best. So we're building strength and endurance at the same time. Interesting. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I mean, it's in it, 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 a lot of people when they're first getting into to kayak fishing and especially uh, the one challenging thing that I've always or the one thing I've probably found the most challenging is going from periods of absolute uh, rest or periods of, of not really rest, but say like traveling, which is, uh, you know, spending 10, 12 hours in the car um, in positions that are not really conducive to good posture good you know core strength good you know it just overall good health in general oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, like being able to go from that state and and then go you know full bore for the next three days four days once we get to where we're going are are now like now that i brought that up like are, are there things we could do in the car well it, it's you're kind of limited i guess in the car but and one thing, you know, you kind of hit a nail on the head with posture, you know, so you could sit with good posture. Now, that might mean that, you know, they make like uh, lumbar supports that you can put into your car that are going to have you sitting up correctly. You know, another option is every hour, hour and a half, get out, stretch out, you know, hang down, stretch out your hamstrings, your hips, your quadriceps, twisting around. Um, you know, I actually did a video in my kayak strength and fitness group, uh, a free one, and I called it yoga for kayakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's... It, I guess they are kind of yoga stretches, but different stretches that you could do that keep your flexibility up for when you're in the kayak. So you could stop every two hours or something like that, hop out, stretch, let the blood flow get to your legs. That's going to help tremendously as well. That and and using good posture while you're in there, you know, we all kind of get hunched over and at the computer, it's the same thing. We're all hunched over like this. So keeping our shoulders pulled back that that's really good for our posture because everybody's hunched. You know, I, I do the same thing. Everybody gets hunched over like this. So if you can sit with really good posture, that's going to help. But the legs, that's that's where we really get tight, especially as you get older. You know, our hips get tight, our knees get tight. So that you probably have to get out of the car, you know, every two hours or so, hit a rest stop, hit a gas station, yeah. you know, stand there in front of everybody stretching. They're like, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> but hey, who cares, you know? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I know a lot of us when we're building our, uh, you know, as anglers or whatever, we're building our, our Instagram profiles, whatever. We don't really know what to put up at the top. There's either, you know... Uh, sports and sports and outdoors or sports and fitness or whatever's your athlete or, you know, or whatever, when you're building kind of your, your fishing profile. I mean, the more and more that I do it, the more I look at it, the more I'm kind of like, man, it really is. You really are an athlete. That's what I consider it. I consider it athletes. I mean, even if you have a motor, man, you Mm -hmm. still, just as you said, once you get into grass, shallow water, that motor, now you just added weight to your kayak. Yeah. That thing (laughs) the kinetic anchor, you know, that's right. Um, You know, I can tell you uh, 
well, you you touched on 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 stretching and just kind of overall limberness and just flexibility and being able to move around the boat. You know, that's one of the things that I found. Uh, I've always had really good flexibility, and you know, I think that was from doing a lot of martial arts throughout. You know, the first half. Oh, of yeah. Um, so it was like you get out there and it's hot and it's crazy, and you're running around in a bow mounted trolling motor. You're going to be in a grass filled lake. You're going to be ripping hydrilla out of that motor. 10, 12 times a day. And that is after the 10th, 12th time and uh, it's hot and it's wet and you're exhausted. It, it sucks. You know, it's one of those things that if you are not in, you know, um, some, I, I mean, I can imagine how some people that are, I mean, I don't consider myself in that great of condition anymore. I used to be, but, uh, you know, just being able to move around and get out there and do that. Um, oh, yeah. I've had a lot of guys tell me they can't really even lean forward because their belly gets in the way, hitting their legs. Yeah. Uh, it's turning around, their belly's hitting the seat, reaching across their bellies. You know, it, mm -hmm. you know it's, it's just in. There's not a lot of space on kayaks. Right. And so the smaller our body is, especially in the midsection, yeah. the more we're going to be able to move around on it, which is super important. Well, and that ties in with that CG. It's that center of gravity that's, that's so important in aircraft. Like, it's... Uh, it's, it's just as important in that kayak because I've noticed like, well, you know, they were saying earlier, like uh, I think Jeremy had said that he had put on, you know, like whatever, 20, uh, you know, X amount of pounds or whatever. You were talking about COVID weight, you know, like, mm -hmm. there's, uh, oh, yeah. uh, man, the uh, creates drag. All that weight creates drag. The more, this, more of your boat that sits in the water, the more drag it has. But when you go, like one thing I noticed, like at the beginning of this year, because I had packed on some pounds over, over the winter, you know. Uh, my first big event that I got out and I was running the bow mounted trolling motor and it was kind of rough, you know, I was out there, it was probably, you don't know, maybe three foot chop or so. And I started getting up over towards the front. And as my body shifted forward, the, the center of gravity shifted forward and that bow would start going lower in the water than it normally would. And next thing you know, you're worried about water splashing over because it's rough out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every, every five pound, eight pound, 10 pound, uh, I think it really adds up by kind of like an order of magnitude with the further up you get in that boat, you know, it's well, like, and no doubt. And that's in that, that weight, it's not sitting at the, at the bottom of the kayak. It's not sitting on the floor, you know, the seat or the deck it's a, it's elevated. Right. So when you tilt it from side to side or whichever way you tilt it, it wants to pull the kayak with it for right. sure. I mean, you know, nobody tips their kayaks more than heavy guys do yeah. because they lean out too much and they get their weight outside of the kayak then yeah. it, it wants to go with you well especially with like what's what's one of the first mods and i can tell you this from being on you know uh jackson's pro staff is like uh we get emails from you know people all the time about you know kayak mods and and whatever people you know, this the ask a pro feature on jackson's website which is really cool for people wanting to know about how to how to work with their boats in a fishing capacity one of the first things that people want to do is they want to they want to raise those seats like, oh, how do I get how do, how do I put a two inch lift on my boat? You know, basically, Careful. Like, how do I get seat risers? You know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Well, let me tell you this. There's a reason that those boats are built. Those seats are built the height. That's exactly right. You know, and you start and you got that. You got that primary and secondary yeah. stability. Yeah, you, you start know, adding the and you start getting it up and above. And yeah, that's a, that's a recipe for dumping. That's right. That's right. And, you know, that they design them. They're, they're supposed to be able to lean over. But only to a certain point and only so much weight supposed can be hanging over the side of the kayak to keep that secondary stability once it's leaning over. Well, and once it starts going, then almost everybody that I've been around that I've seen dump a kayak. Um, I still haven't done it like knock on wood. 
Uh, I did it when my hole got full of water one time. Yeah, I, I've been I've been really wet. I've been really bogged down, but it's like I've had a lot of water in the boat, but I've never I've never flipped it. Uh, but almost everybody that I've seen flip has been on the correction side. You know, it's like so you got to think if you're heavier and you're leaning over. Um, I mean, I don't use like rope anchors. I know a lot of people do, but um, you know, you're pulling, you're pulling, you're pulling, you're pulling, you're working, you're trying to get that anchor up. Maybe it's stuck on a trot line or something and you release that pressure you know and that weight is accelerated up top you're going right back the other way you know because yeah. so, you got uh, all that momentum from going all the way from one side to the other yeah it's so much to think about it's fascinating yeah. um uh what else what else you want to cover on what do we got Man, i think that covered it pretty well you know i mean uh that between the intermittent fasting and the uh metabolic circuits, which take less than 30 minutes. You know, we've got guys in eight weeks, Dustin, who just chimed in. He's still got the record. He's, he got 33 pounds in eight weeks. Dude, that was, that was, that was awesome. Man. Yeah. I've had uh, other guys, Daniel Hayes lost 28. Uh, I've had uh, several other guys in the mid twenties. Mike lost 20. Uh, uh, Josh Peterson, he, he lost over 25. So, I mean, yeah, there's there a lot of guys between 20 and 25. I've got a guy going right now, Oscar, He's at 20 pounds five weeks in. So he's he's trying to chase after Dustin. Wow. We'll see if he gets him or not. Yeah, that's awesome. Like watching uh, um, you know, Dustin Dustin's a bro, man. That's that's like like watching watching him lose that weight was was remarkable. And yeah, uh, he's a great guy. He and I went fishing. Um, we were doing the blue sky boat works tour. Um, and he and I went fishing out with the blue sky and uh he was stoked to get started on it. I think he'd been going for a couple of weeks and he was already, I mean, he was yeah, already, no, he really put it all together. Now he still had his ranch waters. He taught me what a ranch water was. We started out, he had the same question as you, you know, about the beer. He's like, well, can I still have ranch waters? And I'm like, I'm sure it's as good as any other. Might be better than city water. You know, he's like, no, man, <laughs> ranch waters, an alcoholic drink, Topo Chico and, and tequila. I'm like, oh, well, sure. Yeah. If it's during your eating window. But yeah, I didn't have a clue. I was like, it's probably better than city water, man. <laughs> He's like, no. Nah. But, um, you know, he would have his blizzards to enjoy. He, uh, you know, enchiladas. Now, that wasn't every day, of course. But, yeah, he was still able to enjoy life. And he didn't have to give up everything good in life to do it. You know, that's that's the beauty of it, man. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that was the most. I mean, it's uh, – I'm kind of looking for that window to do it. And I think that that's one of those uh, – a, a lot of things when you when you look at something that, that's that long of a program when you're running around like crazy like i am all the time yes it, you are just, just pick a window and like like just figure it out like i'm like i was telling luke earlier like i'm waiting for it to kind of cool off a little, little bit and things kind of slow down uh but plan it and still try and live it a little bit now it, it's like you know even if you can't do the kayak beast program now start with the fasting be a part of you know, like get in there um you know Get, get get your membership in there, like like kind of start learning about it. Uh, get dur it. During the fasting, you can have black coffee, you mm -hmm. can have unsweetened tea, you can have those uh, fruit essence waters like Topo Chico. You can have that water. You can have what's called Hint Waters as a brand. Lacroix. Yeah, Splendrif is another brand. So yeah, you can have Lacroix. Yeah, so any of those waters, you can have those. And all you got to do is get through to lunch, man. And then from from noon to eight p.m., you could eat. Almost, you know, within reason, I tell people you can't eat, you know, cake and Twinkies all day long. But you know, as long as you eat decent, you're going to lose, man. Yeah. And and the energy you start to get once you get into the groove of it, you'll never go back because your energy. So I, Dustin, I was talking to him. I'm going to 
uh, be with him on Pat on Finn Sunday. And he was talking about how, you know, he, he decided to have breakfast not too long ago. And it was like, oh, you know, just drained his energy because it is at his work. You know, he does shift work and they he he's likes to cook like you do. So I think he cooked either they cooked or he cooked. I'm not sure. But yeah, but it is you you get on such an energy high that you get used to that energy high. And then when you eat food, it's like, damn, I didn't know I was lacking this much energy before yeah. until I got to riding this high all the time. Yeah, for reals. And Jeremy asked, and this is an important question, is does your sleep time count during the fast? Yes, yes. That's why you want to do it in the morning because you get those seven or eight hours to kick it off, man. Definitely. That's why That's why it's best to do it in the morning and just carry that seven, eight hour start into noon. So if you can, let's say, you know, you finish your last meal at 8 p.m., then you go till 12 noon the next day, boom, you got your 16 hours right there. Yep. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, I was kind of going, I think it was like one to nine to kind of tie in with whatever yeah. I have to, to, to cook and eat at the restaurant. And you can still have your desserts. Just if you eat at six or 7 PM, just don't wait. You know, we all, I did it all my life too, man. Nine 30, 10 o'clock. We're in the pantry that's pulling shit. Man. We're not even hungry, man. We're just kind of mindlessly eating just because it's a habit. And uh, so I tell people at first, whatever you like, if it was cookies, ice cream, chips, whatever, have it. But just have it before 8 p.m. So 7:30. Yeah. Even if you're not ready for it yet, go ahead, go grab those cookies, or so that come 9:30, you're not like, damn, I wish I'd have had those chips. Or go, go ahead and force them down. It's like 7:30 p.m. Just make it earlier so that your mind doesn't go there afterwards at first. Yeah. Do it, do it every day, every, every day, day at least. Yeah, at least five or six, man. I've seen people get away with five days. If, you know, yeah, some you days like you might have, have family in on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, you might, you know, let's say you got family coming over for a brunch on Sunday, something like that. You know, you can get away with uh, five or six days. But uh, the, the method that I've kind of created is called flex fasting. You know, in the fasting community, yes, there's there's a fasting community. But they'll tell you, you got to eat, you know, you got to keep those hours the same every day. That's not true. You could flex it. So let's say on the weekend, you've got family coming over for a brunch and you're going to eat brunch at 9 a.m. OK, that day you just eat from nine to five instead of 12 to eight. You can flex those hours around. You know, if one day it messes up your fasting time, so what? You can flex them. Right. And that's why that's why my method is called flex fasting. Yeah, and that's that's uh that that, that makes total sense. I mean, it's uh, I mean, and and like we said, you know, workout like uh, you touched on yoga. I think yoga is a great. Yoga's great. That was one of our uh, one of our prime Iraq workouts was was yoga. Like back then, it was. Uh, I'm sure there's better programs out now, but back then yoga it was awesome. Yoga X, uh, which was like P90X yoga, okay. which was a great disc. You know, it was just like a DVD that we had at the the gym on the base. You know, and it was awesome. Like, we'd go out there and we just and it would wear you out. You know, hell like, yeah, it does. Homeboy would be like, all right, so we're gonna do like the downward dog thing. You know. Uh-huh. You're doing pose and he goes you know if you're feeling really tough you know like do the downward dog and every time you come up you know do a push-up you know and you'd be like all right so everybody we're gonna do two push-ups and you get about halfway through that thing you're doing no push you're like looking at the guy next to you yeah. you doing the push-up no me either <laughs> shaking you know sweats pulling up on the ground yeah um, i did that bikram yoga that hot yoga yeah, oh man uh, yeah, Jeremy's wife, yoga instructor. She's out, I want to say, in White Oak, Texas. Um, yeah, yoga is no joke. Oh, man, I've had I've had ladies kick my ass in yoga, dude. I'm like, oh, my God. But it's great, and it's great for you. And it makes mm-hmm. you – that is one of those things that when you start talking about movements and stretches and just positions that will open your body up and your your hips, your shoulders. Good for your mind, too. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's it's rela very relaxing and centering. And focusing and concentrating. She got a balance in so yeah. many positions. You have to focus. It's a lot of good things about it. I think there's a lot of people that are kind of scared of it just because it's like one of those things that you see and you're like, man, I don't know anything about that. It's like dance lessons. I, I was for a long time, man. Anything I didn't. About it. You'll never feel awkward like going no. to like, like Jeremy's wife's studio. Like uh, um, you would never feel awkward going in there being the first you, time. And, you know, yeah, you'll be next to dudes. I, I had some dudes out that I was next to that, you know, they've been there for years and I could already do, you know, the stuff that they could do now. There were, there were a lot of people that were way better than me, but it just goes to show yeah. you just do what you can do. You know, their guys had been there for years and they weren't, they weren't yoga masters. They just yeah. did the things they could do. And then the things they couldn't, they just kind of took it easy, did it halfway or whatever you do what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, everybody's body at the end of the day is going to be different. It's going to, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to act different. It's going to perform differently and that's okay. Yeah, it is. I, I, and I think that's, that's one thing that I noticed when I was working out all the time, um, uh, overseas was that a lot of people would kind of like be a little intimidated by the gym and working out and everything. Jeremy, <laughs> everybody <fart laughs> worry about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I take, I mean, like maybe I, I was lucky enough not to get expired. I knew that was a thing, but I didn't, uh, I didn't have that happen to me at least. I think, I think Jeremy just gets a little wound up. <laughs> oh, I've, I've had it. I've had it training people when they were doing squats or doing abs. Before oh, yeah. the, <laughs> and I'm spotting him. I'm like, God. Ah, <laughs> well, man. Um, well, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it, me, man. That was a good Great time. to have you on. And man, I'm serious. Like, let's collab on some. Good, yeah. Like, uh, we'll, we'll come up with like a list of, of ingredients for you know our basics. You know, our basic uh, uh, you know fats, acids, and seasonings. And, um, I, and then we'll start working on some uh, some ingredients. And then we'll start working on some some needs you know whether we need some salads or they need some snacks yeah, i'd like to give you some of the healthy recipes that i eat now and say yeah. make them into something good you know and you could you could take those little book yeah maybe make some money for somebody here heroes on the water exactly like exactly like heroes on the water is a really good one yeah yep i'm a board member of heroes on the water for our, our galveston yeah. chapter awesome yeah we got one up here in east texas uh the the uh, the Blue Sky Boatworks tour uh, that we were doing with Jackson, uh, which Ju uh, Dustin is my uh, team leader on there. Okay. Um, Blue Sky has a, uh, which if you guys don't know what Blue Sky is, it's the big like twin like catamaran. Oh yeah, that's a big uh, boy. Kayak with, and it has like an office chair on it. <laughs> They're so cool. They are cool. Um, but we have one that we built up and a lot of us Jackson uh, fishing team guys all over the country i think it's it's just got to like virginia or north carolina or something but dustin and i had it down here in texas and each of us left our like it's basically going to a different pro is that the one he was taking the icast with him i think yeah, he's on the way yeah. to, okay a yellow one it's a special yeah. yellow one um and each one of us is leaving our mark on it like i do a bunch of 12 volt wiring and lights and stuff like that electronics so i put a set of yak power lights on it um so you know uh Every one of us is putting our mark on it, but there, if you go to look up uh, Blue Sky Boats or, or Jackson Kayaks, uh, you can find the links to the Blue Sky Boat Works Tour. It's their pro tour. Um, and we're basically taking that boat from town to town all the way across the country from pro to pro. And we're going to raffle it off and that's going to benefit uh oh, cool. the water as well. Oh, awesome, man. So that's, uh, and so, so some lucky person is going to get a really awesome boat. So that's, that's cool. Uh, when, uh, when is the raffle? 
I'm not sure. Um, D- Dustin, I don't know if Dustin's still in the, in the, in there. He, he might know. Um, okay. If not, I'll post it up and I'll share it again. Um, but okay. if you look on like Instagram or anything like that, look up blue sky boat works. Uh, you'll okay. see it on there. You'll see pictures of, uh, of me on that thing. Uh, and I need to start doing Instagram. I'm, all, I'm always on, I'm on Facebook. I know everybody does Instagram. I just haven't really quite figured it out yet, but we'll work on that too. They will. We'll yeah. I that. need some help there. Everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Dustin was catching some great fish off that thing. Um, I was like, I hooked into a beast that day. Like, like the day, the day he and I took it out, like I got, I don't know, man, I was in, I was in a tournament too. I was in like a month long, but it was just like this little break in between like regular tournaments and traveling that Dustin and I got together. And it was like, uh, I was so excited to just be fishing for fun with like one of my bros you know it was like that was just like it was so much fun and so we're out there we're cruising around this little lake it's tyler state park it's this little small lake uh it's not known as a good fishing lake it's not known as i mean it's you can go and catch a ton of small bass but uh we were out cruising around and and you know we're taking turns on the blue sky and i just laced into and uh dustin said uh probably october yeah okay so uh that'll be cool uh but uh i mean i laced into an absolute hog of a bass i mean and i've got uh, there's, there's there's pictures of me on uh the blue sky boat works page uh on that boat with that bass and dustin took the picture and it's like the body's half in the water and ha- like he does uh, his pictures are like, i know man you know? how the hell does he do uh, that yeah it's he's got all these apparatus and uh he has know, the coolest freaking pictures and bubbles and stuff yeah, you had just gotten that picture of him and the the redfish, which is just uh, that one was phenomenal. That's the, I don't even I still don't know how he did that. Yeah, I, I have to get him to tell me how he did that dome thing that a GoPro fits in, you know. And he staked it out on a pole and like just oh, I'm gonna catch a big, huge red bull redfish here. <laughs> it just rips it through the camera, you know. And so you guys go follow. Dustin. And you can see him through. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it was unbelievable. Put that up on that on well on that so Mike cool. Nelly post uh, that kind of spawned my uh my rant today um he's got it up there you know who loves kayak fish and dustin's just wrecking that that's the coolest picture i've ever seen well he kind of did the same thing of when i was releasing that big bass on the blue sky okay so you can just see this big beautiful bass just like kind of under you know the the underwater uh, section of the shots over here so you can see your paddle uh, fins and stuff underwater and that's on the blue sky side my boat works page so you okay. guys go check that out yeah uh, tell them that tell them that lance sent you Tell him that Dustin sent you because he's the man. Um, and tell him that Luke sent you. That's right. That's right. I need to go check it out myself. And yeah, man. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me, Luke Apprentice, on uh, Facebook. And, I, you know, my free group where I post free workouts for everybody and, and nutrition information, fasting information, but mostly workouts is Kayak Beast Fishing Strength and Fitness. That's yeah. that's a free group where I post weekly workout advice. Uh Actually, this week is going to be a post more about fasting, as a matter of fact. So, awesome. but yeah, that's that's where you can get all the free information you need to to get it all done. Um, you know, it won't be organized for you and laid out as a plan, but you can kind of piece things together and definitely get some results out of the free information I give as well. I can tell you guys that I haven't gotten started like in the actual program program yet, but I bought into it and I've gotten access to all that stuff and the apps and the the pages and so it kind of falls into my schedule of where i can kind of pick at it 
and still have the resources and the counseling and the availability there from when, you know, I get to once it cools down and you slow down a little bit, we're going to, we're going to get you rolling, dude. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get back down to that Iraq fight and wait. Yeah, man. I'm going to post up my fat body pick and then I'm going to, yeah, man, my sexy body pick. You know, that's right. That's right. Bark you up. Yeah. Well, sounds great. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Everybody get together on that cookbook. Yeah. That sounds good. We'll talk soon. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Later. Well, all right, everybody. Y'all have a great night. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming back. We're going to be back uh, next week. I'm not sure who we're going to have on, but I guarantee it's going to be another kick-ass show. So y'all I have to go fishing. Uh, think about what you eat. Think about where your food comes from. Uh, go see my man Luke here. And, you are what you eat. Yeah, and and uh, go get your go get your workout on too. All right. right on.